I mean, one of the things that made me laugh is you, you walk around and you look at the booths and you can see that some people have, or some vendors have spent lots of money on their booths. We, we saw people with matching custom-built trainers or, or, or sneakers or whatever you call them in the US. We saw people with matching hoodies or T-shirts. And we saw people giving away things just as simple as sweets. We saw some huge booths that looked like like a Christmas tree lit up. Uh, uh, but we equally saw some, and we went and spoke to some that have got a tiny one-person kind of or two-people desk. I think those are the interesting ones. Welcome to The Edge, the official podcast of the SSE Forum. The SSE Forum brings together people like you, the IT practitioner, who are conquering the biggest challenges in networking and security. Together, the members of the forum share strategy, uncover requirements, and discuss best practices for enabling the modern workplace through security delivered at the network edge. To learn more about the SSE Forum, go to sseforum.com. IO. This podcast is sponsored by Access Security. Access Security secures the modern workplace. They make access to resources and applications impossibly simple and completely seamless. Take the Access 29 minute challenge. See how easy secure application delivery can be. Learn more at accesssecurity.com. And now, on to the podcast. In episode seven of The Edge, Jay and John reflect on the live and in-person 2022 RSA conference in the city. Get ready and lace up your walking shoes. We're going to stroll through the expo floor and beyond. Welcome to The Edge. This is called Reflections on RSA. And Jay and I just attended our first live conference, for me at least, since December of 2019. And uh, it's great to be back in person. I have to admit, it's probably a similar time to me. Um, similar time since I went to a live conference. And it, it, it's been great to see people face to face again. Absolutely. Um, RSA, I think there was maybe 30,000 attendees. But um, RSA took place in two forms. So there was the on-site adventures uh, that included the expo hall. So if you haven't been to RSA, but you may have been to, say, Cisco Live or uh, VMworld, uh, usually there's an expo hall in one side of the building at the Moscone. With RSA, uh, security is, is paramount. Uh, there's a lot of investment in this, therefore a lot of startups. Uh, it actually takes over both expo halls, so this is a major conference. But RSA um, initially was supposed to be in February. It got moved here to June. Uh, took place in two formats, the on-site format as well as the virtual version uh, that happened this year. So um, not everybody was, you know, say back to 2019. But it was refreshing to have people back on the show floor, uh, speaking engagements and, and everything that goes on with it, as well as the, the after parties and, and all the food and, and uh, fun times that happen at these conferences. 
So let's talk about uh, some of the things we saw. You know, uh, we cover the security service edge here. One of the main topics, and I'll put that one out there, Jay, zero trust networking. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was really nice to see people face to face. Um, the buzz was good. Uh, I spent some time out on, the, out on the floor with you interviewing and talking to people. There were a lot of vendors here. Uh, I was shocked. I mean, I've been to RSA in the past. It, it was 10 plus years ago. I maybe forgot what face-to-face -face conferences were like. Um, but it was nice to get out and, and talk to people and ask people questions. Obviously, we had our cool SSE forum t-shirts on so people would spot us and come and talk to us. Um, but the buzz was great and, and it was a good topic, uh, sorry, a good place to be, to, to, to bring everyone together who were talking about the, the same things and being involved in the same things. And we've talked on podcasts before about the confusion around zero trust, SASE, SSE, what do those things mean? And it's, it's even more apparent now that there's so much confusion in the market. You ask the vendors what it means. You ask the, the people there, like from our side of the fence before we transition, what it means. And everyone thinks it means slightly something slightly different. I think most people know what the philosophy is, but they don't necessarily know what all the acronyms and all of those things mean, which is obviously why we've created the SSE Forum. Absolutely. I spent time walking the floor with Jay. We visited the major SSE vendors on uh, that were out there uh, that were you know showing off product, um, doing demos. We spent time with those folks uh, trying to understand their perspective, not only on zero trust as as well as how they're putting their product together. You know, what do they have in terms of a swig? Uh, what do they have in terms of CASB, DLP? Is uh, the missing element uh, digital experience available to them? How is their platform built? Did they acquire their way to an SSE platform or did they build it uh, using modern components? So, so there were some really great conversations out on the floor, but um, a constant question, and that was a question that we asked and, and were asked is, is how do you define zero trust uh, networking? Um, we had people coming up to us asking us that. We asked other folks that. And um, we even asked people, you know, talking about adaptive trust, micro-segmentation trust. Um, it is all over the map out there when you uh, start to talk to these vendors and folks. I mean, it's quite amazing because, like you said before, this expo takes on both sides of the Moscone. It was huge. I mean, it was incredible how many vendors were there in, in all very similar space. So there's clearly a large market. They're all doing things slightly different with slightly different approaches. Um, I mean, I have to admit, a large part of why I used to go to conferences in the past was to pick up the swag. I'm not going to lie. Who had the coolest swag? And, and I saw some really cool stuff. I saw people printing uh, hoodies, T-shirts, hats. Uh, I saw people driving electric cars around with lights on. We saw a wrapper. Um, so there was a, a... I think people really enjoyed going to an event, being face-to-face. -face. It's the first time we've met. I mean, we've worked together for a while now, but that was great to meet you. It was great to meet the other colleagues. Uh, it, was, it was great to meet vendors and customers and actually be able to talk to people 
and look them in the face. Look at their body language. Share food, as we talked about on our other podcast. Um, but it was, it, I found it really intriguing to what people are doing in the space. Security in general, and not just SSE, but security in general is huge. Uh, I went over and spoke to the guys at uh, Fortanix, and they've got a pretty cool product. And, and But it's, it's not, is it SSE? Is it security? Where does it fit? We went to speak to some other vendors. I, I, I looked at Cyber Reason. We went over and looked at Okta. We looked at some of the IDP people. There's so much involved in security. And, and obviously what we talk about on the SSE forum is that to, to where, where do you start? And I mean, we, we really talk about SSE and where you start, but obviously that includes IDP. That talks about the SSE stack itself, but there's so much more to security than that. And, and I've had some meetings this week where I've talked to people and they truly don't know where to go. The world has changed. We've talked about this before. The pandemic's come along. The standard way in which we did IT and architecture, that book's been ripped up and thrown out the window. No longer are you building your, your castle and putting a moat around it and protecting people on-premise in an office. People are everywhere. Data's everywhere. Users are working from anywhere at any time. So therefore, I think there's a real shift happening in the world where those standard forms of security are changing. I, I personally think education is part of the process we should be going through. And I noticed there were some people at the expo that do that, that do education of staff within businesses. But I actually personally think also that we should start educating people outside of businesses. Everyone has, a, a, has technology now, whether it's a mobile phone or whether you're playing on your Xbox or whether you've got your TV hooked up to the internet, whether you've got your fridge or freezer ordering online milk or whatever it may be. Everything comes with a risk. Uh, and, and I think the likes of these kind of events are only going to grow and get bigger and bigger. Absolutely. We've seen the consumerization of IT. Uh, and then, you know, with the pandemic, uh, the distributization of the workforce. Uh, and that was, you know, in, in full force as we not only walked through the expo, but even through San Francisco itself, uh, home to many of the major uh, SaaS providers, Salesforce being one of them, uh, Okta, uh, Slack had buildings. And these buildings, you know, planned back uh, last decade uh, are virtually empty. And um, it speaks to the change that, uh, you know, we're, we're in this uh, new world that, you know, Jay, Jay mentioned where security has to be pushed out to the edge. Uh, it's not only... Uh, in the past, you, you know, you could throw a firewall up, maybe around your data center, the castle and moat. That's gone. It's it, it's never coming back. Uh, cloud blew that up, and then uh, obviously with the workforce changing and and how they work, uh, it, it we're not going back. And even when we talked with folks uh, on the expo floor, as well as uh, in some personal meetings, you know, it was one of the questions we asked. So where do you see your company? in um, two years, three years. Are you gonna go back to 2019 when people were in the office? Um, and generally the answer was, was no. Uh, you know, People have already established themselves that they can be successful with a remote workforce. Um, it seems the employees prefer that. Uh, productivity is on the rise due to this uh, new way of, of working. 
And not only that, but companies are looking at it as an opportunity to get talent not only within their local market, but uh, you know, on a, on, on a national scale. You can work for a very large company, a small company, uh, somebody that uh, has a very good culture, um, and you don't have to, to move out of a small town, or you could relocate to a place where uh, it's, it's less expensive to live and improve your quality of life. And that is, that's the future. Um, you don't have to be next to your job. And you don't have to do the commute. Uh, there's so many advantages. But for a company, you know, it's, it's the reduction of cost for that space. Uh, you don't have to buy the expensive networks to, um, to support those, those, that, that workforce. This is a massive change. And, and we also had another conversation. So during the conference, we had another SSC forum that was really about what is the future of the campus network. So um, it was a conversation I thought would go one direction and it, it kind of turned into another one. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought up something that made me laugh when I was wandering around that conference. I mean, this is the first time I've been at a conference on the dark side. So the feeling is very different, obviously, being on a booth. I mean, I think we, we've had the freedom to go around and interview people and speak to people, and so we haven't been necessarily on the booth all the time. Um, and when I was wandering around, and, and there were people squatting and sitting and spread all over, all over the ground and trying to find places they can plug their laptops in or, or charge their phones. And that reminds me what it used to be like. I mean, I... I I've been to conferences and gone to conferences for 20 plus years, but it was seen as a jolly. It was seen as a fun day out. And then obviously by the people who've never been to conferences, clearly. Um, but there was never kind of the leniency of being able to get away a little bit from the day job. And even if I could get a little bit away from the day job, if something happened and there was a disaster, I'd find myself sitting on the floor somewhere with my headphones on, trying to connect to the pretty poor Wi-Fi because there are 20,000 people in a room and trying to fix problems. And it, it, it made me smile seeing that and, and, and not being there anymore. But it, it's, it's quite common that IT teams, certainly the ones that maybe aren't on a help desk, like physically having to fix computers, it's, it's not uncommon that we've been able to work remotely for years. I've worked remotely for many years because I worked for corporates that had offices all over the globe. So there wasn't a reason to be in a specific office. So you can see that walking around the conference that those people are working remotely, but that changed in the pandemic. There are clearly people that can't work from home. Uh, if, you, if you're picking apples in a field or if you're working on a in a shopping center or, or those kind of things, you can't, you can't do those things at home. And, and we, we can luckily, but one of the things that came to mind only today, um, we're in a meet, we're in a uh, hotel room today, we're having this conversation today and I've had some meetings here and, and the person who was looking after the room and bringing sandwiches came in and personally thanked us for coming back to San Francisco and coming back to the conference. So there is, an element of kind of humanity. Where do we go next? It's great that there's flexibility. It's great for those people that can be flexible and the IT teams have a responsibility to help those people be flexible. But equally, 
those IT teams have the need to do their job, to make sure those people can work securely. But there's also that element of what about all the people that can't? What does that mean? And it's, it's one of those debates I have in my head because anybody that knows me knows that I care about people. Um, but also the way I kind of rationalize it is let's do the best we can for the people we can do it for. And I know that's maybe a different topic to talk about than, than SSE, but it's, it's one that's close to my heart. And I, I guess walking around San Francisco, you also see people that are not as well off as some. And that is something that I haven't seen for a long time, having not been traveling and not been away. So again, that echoes why I, I kind of made the move to the dark side, because I fundamentally think if you have an opportunity to help people and help them be flexible and help them get a better work-life balance and all those things, you should. But equally, we need to also look out for the other people. Absolutely. And I think we all know the state of some of these cities uh, and, and some of the challenges that the pandemic has brought forth. Uh, we saw that on, on, on display, unfortunately, as you know, we uh, had dinner a few nights and you know, it's, it's unfortunate uh, and we hope that there is some answer in the future for this and, and they get relief. So uh, you also brought up another uh, point there that kind of uh, stirred something in me. You know, both of us joined a company that uh, recently during COVID uh, and we didn't have the opportunity to interview in person. We didn't have, it was over Zoom, it was over a phone call uh, and it was a very different process as well as um, not being able to meet, uh, you know, your teammates and uh, bond with them as a person, as a human. Uh, and that's very different than, you know, my career experience where uh, I had worked in, in companies where, you know, it was demanded of you that you show up every day. You, you didn't have the opportunity to work from remote. In fact, re working from remote was uh, not looked favorably on. And um, for us to come into a company and not meet somebody, uh, not see them in person, not be able to have that conversation that, uh, you know, about their family, about their interests, uh, or even to sit down and, and do what we enjoy doing is having a meal together and having a conversation. Um, that was refreshing for me because uh, I got to meet a lot of folks that I interacted with on Zoom, uh, through Slack, through other forms of, of communication and got to see them as a person. And um, to me, that's important. Uh, you make those friendships, you make those bonds, especially when you're on a new team. Uh, it's important to to see that person and um, have conversations with them, know them. Uh, it, it makes the difference in, in when you have good times with folks, you have great conversations. You know that uh, times at, at the time it will go on in the other direction and um, you need something out of them and they need something out of you. Uh, you can be there because uh, you've met them, you understand them, uh, you've, you've had experiences with them and that's a bonding event. And I think as we move forward into this new hybrid workforce, uh, how companies are able to establish that connection, that deep human connection that we all need uh, is gonna be critical. So um, 
you know, one of the topics we often talk about is, are people going to go back to the office? Is it going to be like it was? Um, no, but companies and, and cultures are going to have to be built around this uh, hybrid workforce. And whether it's you start your um, your week off, maybe Monday, and your remotes, and, and but uh, or maybe you're 100% remote, but I also think uh, it is important as well to bring people together, just like we did here in San Francisco, and um, create those, those deep, strong bonds so you can be successful. I mean, one of the things that I really liked is obviously we, we created the LinkedIn page for the SSE forum, so feel free to follow anyone listening. Um, we created that. We, we talked about some people that, or, or some booths that it was worth visiting. We talked about being there. We had SSE forum t-shirts and we were walking around. And you can tell that people now want to meet you because they'll come and find you. We had people come in and speak to us either on the booth or, or spotting us when we were walking around and coming and talk to us. And that's refreshing. That's one thing that I personally have missed that I've talked to you many, many times, but and maybe more so than others because of what we do. But generally, you will have an hour meeting. They'll, they'll not be that hello in the corridor or over coffee it'll be let's do this meeting let's let's get that done that little bit of chit chat I, I i got a lot more from those conversations when we bumped into people walking around than you would on a zoom call or a team's call that is specifically got an agenda it's i think at the start of the pandemic we would have that most companies kind of did this ad hoc call each other but people got tired and, and people kind of went into themselves and didn't do that. So it was great for me to meet you. It was great for us to, to spend some time walking along through San Francisco, going to the pier, getting Thai food, spending nights together, spending nights with the rest of the team, but equally spending time talking face to face. And I mean, I know we work in technology and I know we work in a technology that helps people work remotely. And I think that's still very important. I think there's a positive that can come out of that. But one of the key things I've taken from this conference is people have missed face-to-face. People have missed grabbing a coffee with someone. People have missed stopping someone walking along in a, in a, in a forum and, and shaking someone's hand and having a conversation. And we had conversations with many people on the booths or, or just walking around. And every time I saw those same people, they would look over and smile or come yeah. and shake my hand. And to me, that was everyone saying, we've missed this. 100%. And uh, we also had the opportunity to run into Jigger Shah, uh, who was a guest on one of our podcasts covering off on identity. So if you haven't listened to that one, definitely do. It is a, um, it is a foundation for success in this space. Uh, but it was great to see Jigger. I, I, you know, it was a total surprise. He stopped by, saw us, and... Uh, we shook his hand, we chatted for a while, and then he actually spoke at the conference. Uh, unfortunately, we missed his uh, presentation, but that was awesome to see, as well as ran into some folks um, that we provided in our preview for RSA, and that was Jerry Chapman, uh, and uh, he was one of the authors of a book on, on Zero Trust. If you haven't read it, read it. I've actually read it twice. And uh, it's, it's, it's very good. Uh, so um, again, 
incredible to see people and have those conversations, have those interactions as a human. So let's talk a little bit um, top vendors. You know, we went and visited several of the Security Service Edge vendors. Um, any kind of high-level feedback on on what you saw? Yeah, and I mean, we do, we don't have to talk names. Uh, you know, we can just kind of mention some some themes. Yeah, I, I, I my personal opinion is there's kind of two element or two different approaches that people are taking. You've got and I, maybe I, I hate to say it, but we you kind of got the legacy vendors that are, are historically shipping hardware, um, trying to adjust to compete with those vendors that are not shipping hardware. And they're at different levels of, of being able to deliver product or deliver a solution. Um, I don't know if they'll ever be able to compete with people that are building from the ground up it reminds me a little bit of an oil tanker that's huge trying to turn. It's not quite as nimble as a, a little speedboat. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I liked some of what I've saw, um, but I don't know if, if pivoting from selling hardware to, to, to kind of being a cloud deliver service is something that those legacy vendors can do. But equally, I was pleasantly shocked or, or pleasantly surprised by the number of startups that we saw and and you get the booths and you can see that some people have or some vendors have spent lots of money on their booths we, we saw people with matching custom-built trainers or, or or sneakers or whatever you call them in the us we saw people with matching hoodies or t-shirts and we saw people giving away things just as simple as sweets. We saw some huge booths that looked like like a Christmas tree lit up, uh, uh, but we equally saw some, and we went and spoke to some that have got a tiny one person kind of, or two people desk. I think those are the interesting ones. I think the ones that are doing something slightly different or, or kind of trying to build for today. Those legacies companies I mentioned before were built for 20 years ago, for 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago. The world's not like that anymore. Can they pivot or not? I'd like to see, I'd like to come back next year and the following year and, and follow up on this podcast of where are they now? And I'd like to follow up where those legacy vendors are and also where those startup vendors are that we've looked at that we, we, we liked. Um, and I, I won't mention names, but there were some pretty good ones that I, that I thought were were doing something that fits the need of today. Yeah, and RSA, if you have not attended, is a great conference for that. It brings in a lot of the startup community, lots of uh, companies and founders that have a vision, uh, they see a need and uh, they get a little bit of funding and, and off they go. And if you've not attended it, or you, you know, you're intending to go to one of these conferences, Go out and uh, spend some time on the edges. Uh, walk around the conference. Avoid take a day if you if you have it. Uh, avoid the major vendors. Go and talk to the startups. Go and talk to you know the companies that have an idea. They may be niche in what they're doing in the space, um, but you're going to learn something. And they're passionate about what they're doing. They have a belief that they're solving a, a challenge. And it may or may not be your challenge, but uh, if you spend some time with them, you're going to learn something and you're going to think about it and you may apply that 
maybe not today, but tomorrow. And that, in my mind, again, we're, we're talking a lot about this human connection here. Um, that's the value of these conferences and what is missed when those conferences are virtual because uh, what you see in the virtual side is really a lot of the presentations from the major vendors. And it's that spending time with the folks that have that brilliant idea uh, and are able to execute on that idea and uh, not bring the full ecosystem of solutions, but something they can do just extremely well. Uh, that's the magic of these conferences. And uh, again, human aspect of it, and seeing the passion in their eyes, the conviction that uh, what they're doing is, is the right thing for right now. So um, RSA, pleasantly surprised. Awesome. Great to be back in person. So uh, looking forward to our next conference. Yeah, I think there's, I guess, one thing I'd like to add, and maybe a bit in jest, but we've both spent decades, and I apologize for using that term, but it's been a while. We've both spent, let's say, a few years on the other side of the fence. And we've both spent probably significant amount of time figuring out what the business wanted to do, figuring out what the business strategy was, and then going and matching technology to the business. I'd be pretty scared right now if I had to do that. And, and I, I, I've said this many times before to some of my friends, and it probably ring a bit more true to US people, but the Cheesecake Factory's got a huge menu. I'm always surprised or... or amazed that the menu is so large and how can they do all those things correctly they have food from all over the globe being at this event is a bit like that cheesecake factory menu and for anybody that was here that's trying to match where the business should go with technology it's hard there were many many vendors here doing many, many things. And obviously we've spent years trying to reduce the number of vendors you deal with, trying to pick a vendor that does multiple things. And we've talked in previous podcasts about making a sacrifice on, on maybe a bundle of things. So maybe someone's an expert in something, but do a few other things. And, and can you do it at 50%, 70%, How do you choose right now? I mean, they're, they're, the world literally, like I said before, that book that we all had has been ripped up and thrown away. Companies are, or, or IT teams and security teams are going to have to join together because they've not always joined together, but they're going to have to join together and write the book. And it's going to be interesting. And like I said before, the SSE forum is kind of to bring people together to talk about what should that book look like? What should that roadmap look like? What should that architecture look like? And we spoke to a number of vendors and we've got a few more podcasts lined up with some, some really interesting people to talk about their insights and where they think the world's going to go. But I'm excited to be able to do this and not have to make those choices. So if you are a practitioner and let's call it a uh, enterprise architect, somebody who has a passion for this space, uh, an engineer, uh, and you're looking to really help push the future forward and have a voice in where you know this space is going reach out to us follow us on linkedin uh, reach out to the ssc forum page that we created as well on linkedin join the community and um, 
engage in our conversations. Uh, if you feel like you want to have a conversation with us directly about the forum, we're happy to do that as well. If you want to be on the forum on our monthly meetings and uh, contribute, we're open to that. So um, the key aspect is you've got to be a practitioner. Uh, we are not accepting vendor aspect. We want to keep it vendor neutral. We really want to focus on where this technology is going uh, in the ecosystem around it, as well as the best practices and um, some of those challenges that you have in, in terms of adopting that technology. So reach out to us and um, thank you for listening. And uh, this is John and Jay live from RSA. This podcast is a production of the SSC Forum. Editing and post-production is provided by John Spiegel. Sound engineering is expertly conducted by Chris Danby. Food recommendations? Solely the territory of Jay Tilson. Thanks for listening and give us a follow on LinkedIn as well as on Twitter.